everybody, welcome to The Truth Hurts. Today we're going to be talking about the street life, why you should stay out of it, or if you are going to participate in it, what you should know. And specifically, uh, today we're going to be talking about WAC 100. So WAC 100, if you guys don't know who he is or never heard of him, whatever, he is uh, affiliated, he's basically Game, the rapper, the Game, he's his manager. It has some history out there in LA with some gang stuff all the way back to Shook Knight. There's discrepancies of how important his role was in some of those organizations or uh, entities, whatever. But he was affiliated. He's out there. He's known, whatever. uh, Street guy, street mentality, and embodies the street mindset, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So a few months ago, I shot a podcast and I talked a lot about Troy Ave, who was a rapper, and I talked about Takashi Six Nine know who he was even when he was making music probably heard of that case and then tell it on the whole world so i wanted to talk about whack 100 because it relates to uh, a good brother and an idol of mine my man nipsey hustle and uh nipsey hustle is actually the reason why i started this podcast so whoever has listened to any of my podcasts if you like any any one of them thank nipsey hustle for that because uh when he got murdered I guess any something took over me immediately that said you know anything that I have that I haven't put out or or any sector of my life that I might have been holding back from for whatever reason just don't do it so I'm I'm pretty you know aggressive and doing what I want but this whole podcast thing I wasn't really sold but I said you know what got to get these messages out there because if you touch one person you've done something for the world so with Nipsey Hussle, I was a, a fan of Nipsey Hussle. I don't even like the word fan, but a supporter of Nipsey Hussle before he died. And not because of his music, but because of what he said in interviews and how he approached life and in terms of being from the hood, being from these elements, still showing people you can elevate your consciousness and you can change your, your actions and change your life. And not to be super uh, positive necessarily or kumbaya, but just you can structure your whole existence differently but you got to start thinking differently and every time I ever heard this brother speak since the first time maybe in 2005 it was the same consistent message it was the same consistent message so Nipsey Hussle to me was a good brother but you know we there's enough content on this podcast about Nipsey Hussle how I feel about him his life his death encourage you guys to go check it out but today we're going to be talking about whack 100 so now whack 100 a lot of people are upset with whack 100 let me tell you let's get to the music uh, a few days ago uh, uh, uh audio was leaked of whack 100 talking to somebody on the phone and you know not verbatim but in a nutshell he basically says you know nipsey hustle wasn't a, uh he wasn't about that life you know he was like you know he's a gang banger whatever but he wasn't really active he was a rapper now he was built like that right he wasn't really built for all that tough stuff and uh more importantly he said that eric holder shitty cuz handled his business the way it's supposed to be handled you know he was called out for being a snitch and uh he said the street life is gang culture the way the rules are um that's the way it is of course why you better be prepared to defend yourself and call this guy out uh knowing he's a shooter killer whatever and uh eric holder did exactly what he So, 
a lot of people obviously uh, was like, what the hell? But some people agreed, right? So he went on the radio the other day with uh, a horrible rapper named Luthen and doubled down on the comments. They asked him about it and he explained himself. And he explained that, you know, this is the street culture, the gang culture. Is it right? Probably not. But these are the rules, right? So um, he, that's pretty much how he explained. He went a little bit more into detail, but in a nutshell, just so you get the gist of it, he basically said, he called Eric Holder out. He should have been prepared to defend himself or whatever because you call a guy a snitch like that in the street, they're gonna, they supposed to take you out. So, he doubled down on the comments. He said Nipsey had what he had coming to him because, you know, he called out this guy. So now, for all the young people, please, I hope I have some young people listening to this one. Because that's all I really care about when it comes to this type of stuff. I don't want you to be upset with whack or not. I don't want anybody to be upset with whack. I actually want us to be thankful for whack. What the hell? Check it out. Whack 100 is giving you the sick, twisted mentality of that shitty ass street life. You've seen it a thousand times. And in the hip hop industry, more recently, you just had a few high profile cases. But you're seeing the same shit that happens on the street level. Whether you got you got Alpo shooting a video last week, or just coming out last week, detailing the grave, dumped the body of Rich Porter, right? This is a guy who told he, he snitched on his on his shooter and killed his best friend and ratted on so many people. These are the type of characters that are in the streets. These are none of them are honorable men. A few of them are like there's a few, a few, because everywhere there's a few honorable men. But 80, 90 percent of these men are like Alpo. Wayne Perry, the guy he snitched on, killed like a hundred people, bro. Everybody wasn't a bad person. Bro. I'm sure a few of those people had it coming, but everybody wasn't a bad person. He snitched on, he snitched on them. He killed his best friend. Not his best friend. He killed his, his one of his friends, Rich Porter. He killed him. Shot him in the car. He drove him to the woods. He was still breathing. Shot him in the head. Dumped him in the woods, bro. For money, for betrayal, whatever. Right? More recently, in the rap industry, everybody's talking about Takashi, right? But forget about Takashi. Did you not hear the conversations between uh, Melly and Shadi and all the things and all the backstabbing? And who needs enemies when you got friends like this? All of the, all the same elements, same crap. Then the snitching. Then you got the Troy Ave situation, right? Same element where you're seeing... When it really gets down to it, all of this shit is bullshit. Every man is for themselves. Yeah, there are no real morals. Nobody's standing up for anything. So even when a guy like Wack 100 tells you that these are these rules, nobody follows. And at the end of the day, these rules, they're fucking backwards. <laughs> they're fucking backwards. If because let's let's analyze from not the street perspective now. Like I said, I want us to accept that this is the street mentality so you can know what the hell you're walking into. If you want to walk into a, to a lifestyle with, with, with hundreds or thousands of these type of minds that think just like Black Woman, because trust me, he's just crazy enough to speak up and say what a lot of people want to say. It's the street life. Yo, you call the dude a snitch, you know he's going to do what he got to do. All right, let's talk about it. First of all, let's talk about it. Gangster and a killer. Fine. I can give you that. You decide to be a gangster and a killer. 
first place you go left is actually leading to the snitch. So you're the one who said you just, and now this is assuming he's a lieutenant. I don't have any paperwork on him, but let's just assume, right? He's going down the street, he's going on the snitch. If he's not a snitch, then there's at least a little validity to like somebody trying to call and put dirt on your name. But if you are really a snitch, meaning you really hold on people, and that's really who you are, the street culture, according to Black 100, not mine, says that it's okay for this murderous, non-productive gangbanger who has nothing going on of value, doing nothing for the community, to kill 50 fucking others. Because he will call what the fuck he is. So if you're, if you're, if you're a punk, and I call you a punk, you guys are like, prove you're not a punk. So I'm going to prove you're not a punk by, by killing me? No, you prove you are a punk. Throw those damn hands. Throw those damn hands. So, the rules, as spoken by Black 100, state that in that situation, he was actually right. And I was actually talking to somebody maybe six, seven months ago. He said the same thing. He was one of those guys. I was with a friend. And, um, you know, he, this is like his uncle's uh, friend or whatever that, was, that came over to the house. He was a jail guy. You know, he's not a jail guy, but he just came home from jail. You know, the type of thing. He's been did about 15 years type of thing and he was talking about that shit same shit he was saying he was saying oh yeah sometimes you wish guys would have talked funny to you and talked down and you know, you know, Celebrates when you're murdered in the streets or, or, or you can't eat, whatever, feed your children. In every other city, the majority of the world doesn't even think about that. So it is not, and the, the, in America at least, it's systematically set up to keep you poor, to keep you ignorant, to keep you unhealthy, to keep you at war with other people, and all of these other 
have to go many levels. I'm talking about the form of not even just even trans and race, but let's deal with the, uh, uh, the black now, the reality is that every gang member or the kid trying to go to school do the same. You're from this reality where nobody really gives a fuck about you. So now let's think about this. If nobody gives a fuck, you can go to the police, they won't help you. Call the state, they won't help you. Nobody's going to help you. Same thing, they give you a couple crumbs. So, if this is your reality and nobody gives a fuck about you, once in a room, there's going to be a few people of the people that actually get their lives together from the neighborhood do. What do 80% of the people who get their lives from the urban areas do? And if it's just on me, somewhere between 25 and 40, usually they get the hell out. You're young, you don't understand it. Sometimes it's not even clear that you can do it. You get older, financially, spiritually, physically. So now, once in a blue, and they, they, there's mixes, I want to say that there's mixes houses all over the hood, but once in a blue, you get uh, rare characters that have a combination of a, a couple of things, sometimes two things. Those things are this. One is that they have the ability, right? They have the talent, the ability to really make something, to hustle up something, to work for something, to get something going, to get some money flowing, so they can even start to push structural change. Now, a lot of us run into money, right? But then you gotta have the second thing. Not only do you have to have the ability, you gotta have the will, the desire to really wanna help. You gotta have the desire to wanna help. Most people get that money, they usually they buy a house in the safest neighborhood, they get the hell away from uh, those street people, right? Even if they play the kids, they play the kids, try to keep those streets high, right? They'll just pop up here and there, won't really get too deep. Just to maybe keep in touch, they can call you every year. rare character every once in a while who has the ability and the will to want to help this community to do whatever they can because they looked at it for the seemingly logical way to do it. Hey, I was young and lost. I got older. I figured some things out. I got the consciousness and awareness and intelligence. I put all that together. I got a little money. I understand the system. I understand what the kids are going through. Let me see if I could uh, you know, put a hundred thousand years of this spark in the community. type of person like I, I can do these things now that I'm only not so if you were you know people he's like he wasn't God but he was a man of God he's like well I'm smart he figured out the game he went home when he was young he had some culture about himself he understood something and he said hey wait a second let's begin change and girl let's, 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 let's like regress it there's another way why don't we buy why don't we own this why don't we why are we so comfortable being comfortable being consumed comfortable comfortable not owning where we live. Come to the 
going to other people's stores to give them the money instead of buying from our own. Why do we accept it? We don't have to. How much does this cost? Why don't we buy this? And they tell you, oh, no, we got this piece of land that's over here. Buy this piece of property. Go to Maryland. Go here. Get this piece, get this piece of land. Sell it in 10 years. Get it. Giving you different avenues and, and, and mindsets to possibly better your situation. So now, we've analyzed that most people, 90%, Exactly doing what Nipsey did. But the point is, it feels different as opposed to people who've never seen it. Like, I've never been up that in Harlem. Does it mean he's not from Harlem? No. Does it mean he never comes to Harlem? No. I'm saying just on, as I was coming up, especially when I was young and hanging outside more, there were people that I saw. Like, I saw, like, when I would think about the rappers, right? I would, I would see Jim Jones around. Other people you have never seen, other people you see all the time. And obviously the, the ones that didn't blow up, you see them more, but the point is, there is power in being visible. So a guy like this does a very different thing physically. Not only is he going to do financial structure, he's going to do spiritually like the scene. He's going to be tall and majestic, looking figure, right?
my music and sell uh, my lifestyle. I created some stores. I invested in some projects. I learned about finance, so on and so forth. Wow, I can get rich like that? Yeah, you can make an app. You can design a cryptocurrency. <laughs> you can write a book. You can start a podcast. You can start a little painting company. I can go on and on and on. But the point is, when you see a person like that, it's powerful. So now, you mean to tell me? <laughs> Let's review this one last time. 90% of the people leave. Once in a blue, you get people like this who have the will, the ability, and the desire to stay local. And not that they only residences in the hood, but on any given Sunday, you can see them pull up and, and, and say something. While you're going through your struggle, you see them coming around. You mean to tell me that jealousy is that powerful and you really know that it is? people are going to be happy, but we, the hood and the streets are a degenerative mindset where somebody thinks, hey, I could rob Jay-Z as if he had $500,000 on him, but I could rob Jay-Z and maybe like that's going to change your life and get some bank of bad decisions, but that's what might happen, and it's hard to, to, to go against those types when the streets themselves don't condemn those who out those who are still standing. Because let's think about 2016, 17, yes, Biden has nowhere near that level. <laughs> he had enough money, enough to say, you know what, forget all that, change the world, son. I got this beautiful woman here, I got my kids, I got this business, I'm about to move to a rich part of Atlanta or something, or anywhere, even in California, I'm moving to San Francisco, right? Try to help out where I can get to some charity. You can do that. You can save for the local. Like I said, that's what you could say. That's why I mentioned the local. For the world, you may be community. But if you heard his interview, you saw his spirit. And if you were from LA and you were actually see somebody like that, you might get everybody not like you. But those young people, and a lot of people who inspire by a person like that, you can say to yourself, damn, you don't have to be here. Thank you for treating us like we were. <laughs> but then, that's 
trying to do good and he's not part of our life. And even though he was helping, he was generous from all accounts that I've heard. Doesn't matter. They're still jealous. So there's not enough outrage from that street level person. The same person you're trying to help. Because WAC 100 is a representation of the same person that Nip is trying to help. And he's trying to help him through this flawed philosophy. I'm going to the philosophy is, hey, I was lost and I was, I was, I was not conscious at a, at a, at a point, and then I got this piece of information, I got this life experience, I got X, Y, Z, and then I, I saw the light and I changed and I know what it did for me. So all these brothers got to do is see the light. All they got to do is know that this can happen. Yeah, in theory it sounds good, but practically, you saw the light because of your, your spark inside of you that showed you the light. Like I saw a lot of light in my life and it showed me the truth. Like you can see things differently. Go to me to listen, embrace my deep intelligence, bring those things that nobody thinks I can even do for life, I'm very excited about that, but that's my reality, long time, I tried the same thing Nick was trying to do, he's always trying to get his brother more to, to, to read it, I remember when I was first started reading and started approaching him, he was supposed to be open to God, and do all the stuff that he was brother didn't want to read it, <laughs> like I can't, I couldn't get people to read books, I was out, finished it. <laughs> they never read the book. I remember uh, about five years ago, uh, I think his name was Christopher Story, the black guy who was uh, L.A. Police cop, went on a rampage, killing people, uh, killing cops, whatever, after he felt, you know, that he was uh, falsely terminated and a victim of racism throughout his life, whatever. He uh, wrote this manifesto, 14 pages long, and I read it. going through the street and what happened to this guy. And I read the manifesto, so whether I agree with it or not, this and, and the fact that they believed it because I think this represents like the new black frustration, which is those who are trying to play the game. It's a long frustration, it's been around forever, but in this modern time, people are playing the game well, are excelling what they do, and now you're just falling victim to red tape and just systematic racism. And that frustration of that black feeling, that frustration of being good quote unquote, walking, walk, going through the system, meaning you just won't give you what you deserve. Like here in New York City, uh, police commissioner just stepped down. Is uh, for the last three commissioners, the second and I think third or fourth ranking official are black guys, and they've all been passed over for these top jobs every single time. Like this time, they, they passed over a guy about seven years old, four guy fifty years old. This guy has ten more years on the force. Uh, is the second in charge, and he can't get it. So I said, Dorner is an interesting case. And I, I, I read the manifesto, and I gave people the manifesto. They got, nobody read the manifesto. So you got to realize, bro, that it's just you, you, you will be able to change for people, but you got to pick and choose. And before you think that you can change the hood or before you join the street life, just know the mentality. That's all I'm saying. I'm not telling people what to do breaking down the mentality so to me the mentality is pretty that if you're poor and you nobody cares about you that i'm going to actually support harming the, the handful of people that actually do any little thing for us and help us out and give us some love and inspiration and, and guidance and, and help in whatever it is that the person needs to do you know guys whack 100 
That is that. The street, that's how they stay. No love. No loyalty. Just a bunch of love. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it here. I just want to set an email address for you guys in case you want to get in contact with any comments, suggestions, feedback, positive or negative. Anything that's not gross or disrespectful is more than welcomed here at the podcast because we just want to push progress and think forward. That email address is podcast at gmail.com. Once again, podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's T-T-H-B-L-K podcast at gmail.com. Basically, it's the truth hurts, but lies kills uh, podcast, and it's just abbreviated. So the whole title of the podcast is abbreviated, uh, put into six different letters, followed by the word podcast as one long word, right? T-T-H-B-L-K podcast at gmail.com. Please get in contact. Don't hesitate. Anything you can think of, suggestions, other podcasts, anything that you feel is relevant, trust me, we will look at it, we will engage, and uh, we will push the agenda forward. Thanks a lot, guys.